Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Central Texas Football Podcast, episode 13. And Kenny, it's playoff time. It is, man. I didn't think we'd ever get here, and it's uh, you're excited. You can't wait to get to the playoffs, but I think we enjoyed the ride, man. What a fun season it's been, and now we're getting down to the nitty-gritty. Yeah, but it's winter go home now across the state of Texas, the so most exciting time of the year. It's first round. You know, there's a uh, – especially across the state of Texas, there's a lot – of central Texas, rather. There's a lot of exciting matchups, and a couple of them we'll look at, but one we'll just mention now, I mean – Games like Lorena and Columbus, round one. I mean, the games like that across the board, there's there's a lot of really high-octane games even in the first round. Yeah, and uh, I look at La Vega and Kennedale, a rematch from mm-hmm. week one, and mm-hmm. I don't know that you can really tell a whole lot about a team from week one or two of the season. So, La Vega beat them pretty, pretty handedly the first uh, time around. Be interesting to see what happens in the playoffs. And so now, uh, before we dive into our games, and um, <clears throat> also want to mention that uh, we're going to cover every playoff game from all the districts we've covered from from the entire the entirety of the season since we started this thing. Every team in all these districts that we've covered from the beginning, every playoff team we're going to touch on. So we're, we've got about what a little over forty games here. We're going to cover. We're not going to go in depth on every one of them because we'd be here for five or six hours to that point. But we'll, we'll touch on every single game, at, at least mention every single one of them and just go in-depth on a on just a select few of them, a lot of the really good matchups as well. But we'll, we'll mention every playoff game from around the Central Texas area. But before we do that, we will start this week, as we do every week, with our Matt Step question of the week. And our question to Mr. Step this week was, let's say you're in the greater Centex area this week for the first round of the playoffs. What two first round playoff games would you spend your own money to go watch and why? And uh, Matt Step's answer was, quote, this is easy. Columbus versus Lorena first. Uh, two teams capable of winning a state title playing in the bi-district round is rare. Second, give me Axtell and Rosebud Lott. I just think it's going to be a very competitive and highly entertaining game. And I agree with Matt completely there, Kenny. And that's that's just two of very, a very large amount of games that are going to be highly competitive in the first round. Yeah, and I, I'm with you. I agree. Uh, Lorena and Columbus, the first round. Unbelievable. The defending state champion against... A regional final. Yeah, yeah, they were regional finals last year. And they're 9-1 right now. It's going to be a great game. It's it's unfortunate to see two great teams like that playing in the first round, though. Yeah, and then you're going to have some other, to me, some other matchups sprinkled in through there. Like, uh, I like... Cayuga Riesel. Mm-hmm. I think Cayuga's a really good team, but I think Riesel's got some firepower, and they're probably going to hang in there for a little bit. And I like to see how Shoemaker can hang in with the Lido, how they can mm-hmm. do there. So I think we've got several of those games across the board, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be good to, to figure out uh, who who's what. Absolutely. So we will start with our big schools first. Uh, we'll, we'll start from up to down. So we'll start with the two six eight games first. Actually, before we dive into. Uh, the games as well. We should also mention a great slate of interview, a uh, great slate of guests today for our interviews this week. Um, Kenny had a chance to interview Bryce Cherry from the Waco Trib, uh, Curtis Quillen from uh, the sports director of KSN Channel 6, and then uh, Lexington head coach Kirk Mole and uh, Axel he- head coach Craig Horn. And uh, before we dive into our uh, big game previews, Kenny had a chance to sit down with uh, Bryce Cherry of the Waco Trib to talk a little 4A and 5A football. 
All right, I'm here with Bryce Cherry, sports editor for Waco Trib. Bryce, how you doing, buddy? Good, how are you? Good, man. So uh, here we are, first week of the playoffs. Several Syntex teams are going to be playing this uh, th- this Thursday, Friday. Um, let's start with 4A. Uh, what, are you, what are you seeing on that one? What's kind of interesting to you this first round? Uh, well, I mean, you know, if you're looking at big picture, I think obviously – we all kind of expect uh, China Spring to make another pretty deep playoff run. Um, I think they're going to be there right at the end. I mean, they're looking like a like a state championship contender. Um, and so, you know, I think they're in these early rounds, they probably take care of business pretty, you know, pretty handily, just the way they're playing. And we'll see if uh, we get a China Spring. Stephenville rematch down the road. Uh, that would be, you know, I think everybody would love to see that again, given the the game that those two produced uh, the first time. And then, uh, you know, I'm I'm interested to see just how far Conley can take, you know, their team because uh, the Cadets have, have put together a really strong year. Uh, you know, we we thought they had this kind of potential, but. You know, they still had to put it together, and uh, and they did. I mean, you know, Salado has kind of been the team to beat in that district the last, you know, couple of years, and Salado has really had Conley's number. And now, uh, you know, the Cadets went undefeated in that district. Uh, they've got, you know, they're very run heavy. Uh, obviously, Kiefer Sibley leads Central Texas in rushing, and, uh, you know, he's done an incredible job closing in on 2,000 yards on the season. Um, so, you know, you know what they're going to do, but you still have to go out and stop it, you know. And so um, they've been they've been pretty effective. And they will, you know, they will hit you with a pass here, you know, every now and then and try to keep you honest. But, uh, but yeah, I, I'm – I'm interested to see, uh, you know, long-term how both those teams do. Um, I think, you know, in this bi-district round, they should be able to, you know, to win their games with with pretty convincing margins. Yeah, and I know it's looking way ahead, but if you see a a regional final between Silsby and Conley, that would be, a, you know, they still got to get it, get through Cuero and some other teams, but that, that would be a, a nice game. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah, I mean, Sylvie, uh, we know what, they, what they've what done over the years in basketball. I mean, they're kind of a powerhouse in basketball, but certainly this year have a have a pretty salty football team. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, as, as you get three, four weeks into the playoffs, all the matchups are good. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, you, don't really have, <laughs> you don't really have any bad ones. No. I mean, that's, that's the most fun part of uh, – you know, this time of year because we're getting into that time of year where just teams, uh, you know, it just builds. <laughs> you know, the excitement builds as, as the playoffs go along. Yeah, and then you look at Salado, you know, they draw Quero the first round that, you know, you kind of maybe hope they, you know, Quero's just a really good team. And you get to Hillsborough, they got a regional finalist favorite in Hershey. And, you know, those guys just doesn't look too promising for them getting out of the first round. No, that's a tough, tough first matchup. Um, you know, Hillsborough's kind of been a little up and down this year, obviously 5-5. Five five, but, uh, you know, I think 
I think for some of these teams, getting into the playoffs, getting that one extra week of practice is is a step. It's a you know it's a victory in itself. Yeah. You can you can build on that. Um, you know, a team that I will be really interested to see. Uh, you know, this first week in 4A is is Gatesville. And they've got Smithville right off the bat. Uh, Gatesville's, you know, put together a really nice year in Aaron Hunter's first year as head coach. Um, they're pretty balanced uh, offensively. They've got um, a lot of guys making plays on defense, led by Lawson Mooney, who is among the, the leaders and tackles in our area. And, uh, just a solid, solid team. They're seven and three, and then you know they're playing a four and six Smithville team. I think, I think Gatesville can get past this game, and and you know we'll see. I haven't looked ahead at the bracket on them, but we'll see what what lies ahead. But uh, you know, uh, an excellent first year, like I said, for uh, for Aaron Hunter. Yeah, and if Gatesville does get past Smithville, they get Silsby, so that'll be. Oh, okay. That'll yeah. Be well. <laughs> It could be a could be a you know a two week uh, run, but yeah, nevertheless, but, you know, that's a starting point. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, let's go back to D one real quick. And La Vega has a rematch with Kennedale. Uh, they beat them thirty four to seven the first week of the season. I don't know how much stock you can put in that, and I really don't know is is La Vega healthy. I mean, I know they got Bryson Rowland. It seems like they've kind of fell off there at the end of the year, but you know they've got a chance that they beat Kennedale. Uh, they got a pretty good team in Salina, but I wouldn't put it past a La Vega team to play some good defense and maybe win it two or three. Yeah, La Vega, you're right, is a very interesting team just because, you know, we're not used to seeing La Vega sitting here at 5-5 five and five at this time of year. I just think that this La Vega team is good but not great. And, um, you know, it showed in that district because, uh, you know, you're you're having to play some some state ranked teams in that district. I mean, uh, to a pair of defending state champions in Stephenville and China Spring, and and there was a pretty you know wide gap between you know between those teams. But then when you get La Vega up against uh, you know a, nut, a team just whoever, uh, then they get back to playing La Vega football. You know, run the ball. Uh, play tough defense, you know, try not to beat yourself. Um, that's, that's La Vega football under Don Hyde. And so if they can do that, um, I, you know, I like them in this game. Um, but, you know, we just, have, you know, they have to execute. I mean, like, you know, that's the name of the game. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's go to 5A D2 and let's talk about the University of Trojans. What a great season they're having. We had Coach Laster on the uh, podcast last week. Uh, it seems like he's got a good thing going over there. Yeah, no doubt. What a, they were an eyelash away from uh, being the district champs and the number one seed out of that district. Uh, then you lose and essentially you're the three seed. Uh, that's how close that district was between University, Belton, and, and Elgin. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no doubt. Uh, Kent Laster, to me, um, he should get not only consideration for Super Syntax Coach of the Year, but uh, statewide. Um, you know, a lot of times in the state uh, awards, they, they look at, oh, you know, who, who won state? Who, you know, who 
who played in game 16, that kind of thing. Yeah. But but the, those kind of coaching stories that you miss sometimes are the ones why Kent Laster, where, uh, you know, they were 0-10 last year. And like I said, an eyelash away from going from worst to first. Um, what, a, what a turnaround. Um, they've done it. You know, a lot of different ways in terms of obviously they they spent a, you know a good amount of time in the off season just building, getting stronger, uh, working on their execution. But they've had some playmakers emerge. Uh, a big one, you know, that I I've talked about several times uh, on our podcast. So is uh, is London Smith. Mm-hmm. So London is the uh, is the son of Rodney Smith, who used to coach there at university. Now is a Waco ISD assistant athletic director, and uh, and then Stacy Smith, who's a Baylor track coach. So he's got good athletic genes. Both of those two were uh, Super Syntex athletes of the year back in their day at uh, University and La Vega, respectively. But London is a freshman and has come in and been a big time receiver for the Trojans. And then, you know, they've got several other playmakers as well, Najee Drakes, Makai Sandoff. So um, they're a team that can really put some points on the board. And, and if they get into a shootout, um, you know, I, you know, you kind of like their chances because they've been in some shootouts. Now, last week they pulled ahead late in the game and then Belton, you know, drove down, boom, 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 got Got down the field like four plays and managed to get a kickoff at the at the uh, last minute and you know get a little twenty two yard field goal to win the district championship. Epic game. Yeah, <laughs> it was. I listened to uh, most of it. Uh, got to yeah. listen to most of it. So I mean, those kind of games hurt obviously, and you know you'd like to be the one seed rather than three seed, but. I just feel like university is going to be a tough out. You know, they're going to—they're not uh, going to be an easy team for any team to play. I don't really know much about Austin McCallum. Obviously, they're seven and three on the year, so you know they've got a, probably a pretty good team. But um, it'll be fun to see just whatever the Trojans can do. And you know, if they go out and buy district, it's still a big step this year that they took. Yes, sir. So. Appreciate it, man. What, what game are you going to be at this week? You going to be out in the I'll field, or you going to be? I'll be in the office writing up games uh, that we're not at. Uh, so I covered Midway mostly this year uh, when my son was, uh, you know, playing his senior year, mm-hmm. uh, and then obviously Midway's season came to uh, to came to the conclusion in, in week uh, ten because uh, they had their bye week in week eleven, but. Uh, yeah, so I'll be I'll be there, but uh, we we're, we have coverage of uh, ten games. Oh, really? Trip between Thursday and Friday night, so nice. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. Okay, Bryce, man, hey, we appreciate it, buddy. Thanks for hopping on. No problem. Thanks, Kenny. And that was Kenny's interview with the sports editor at the Waco Tribune Herald, Bryce Cherry. Thanks again to Bryce for joining us on today's show. And now let's start. From top to bottom, our two Class 6A by district championship games, starting with Mansfield at Harker Heights. Now, keep in mind here, both at 6A and 5A levels, uh, the higher seed in the playoffs hosts. So this game will, will be played at Leo Buckley Stadium this week. Um, you know, Harker Heights, a district champion out of uh, – what district is that? That's District 12. District 12 6A. 
they defeated uh, Temple a week or two back to claim the district title there. So a very, this is a very good team. They're nine and one on the season, and you know them playing at home against the number four seed in the first round. I think they got to get probably a comfortable win here in round one, Kenny. Yeah, and when, when I think of Harker Heights, I think of Rayshon Sanford the second man. What mm-hmm. a stud! He's rushed for over eighteen hundred yards this year. Uh, Harker Heights has got a good defense, and mm-hmm. you know, like you say, it's they're gonna they're gonna roll. And, you know, Harker Heights, their only loss on the year came back in uh, pre-district play when they were at Ratliff Stadium to take on Odessa Permian. That's a game that they led 21-7 at one point, and then they gave up three straight touchdowns to end the game. And uh, and they lost that game like 28-27 or something like that. So their, their only loss – it's pretty good if your only loss is a one-point loss to Permian at Ratliff Stadium. So. Yeah, not bad at all. So, uh, yeah, I think it's – I think it's comfortable to say that they'll probably get the win here in round one, especially being at home. And then uh, our other 6A game, our uh, Central Texas team, the Temple Wildcats, uh, being the number two seed out of District 12 6A, will also be hosting. Uh, they'll be hosting uh, Waxahachie, the Indians, out of District 11, that district of doom over there in Class 6A, you know, that district with you know Duncanville, DeSoto, and all those guys. Waxahachie. They're eight and two, and they're number and they're the number three seed out of this district. So that that tells you, that tells you how crazy that district is. But since Waxahachie is the lower seed, they will be coming to Temple at Wildcat Stadium. I think both these teams match up really well. But as we were talking about earlier, Temple has been hit with the injury bug so far this year. But I mean, again, this is one of those first round matchups that you know these are two teams that are definitely talented enough to make it to the second or third round, and it's just. One of those things that's unfortunate for them to be playing in the first round. Yeah, and I have no – I mean, you know, picking this game, I, I really don't know. Um, mm-hmm. I know that Temple has a tremendous wide receiver and singer, Mikael Harrison, pilot, mm-hmm. straight running stud. So, uh, I, I guess I'll just go with Temple. I'll be a homer. Yeah, it's – I think the same thing with uh, Harker Heights. You know, they're going to be at home. They'll have the home field advantage. Wildcat Stadium always has a really, really amazing atmosphere, a very loyal fan base, huge fan base too. But Waxahachie, man, they're dangerous. They got a really good rushing attack and solid defense as well. Again, again, they only struggled against Duncanville and DeSoto. So, um, it, I think it will be a really fun matchup. But I think just with – the home field advantage and just the atmosphere. And that quarterback, Temple, has run field. He's really good, too. He seems like he's the third or fourth run field to play quarterback over <laughs> at Temple. So I, I'll take the Wildcats at home in this one, too. And now moving down – those are our two 6A games. Now moving to Class 5A, we'll start with another banger of a first-round matchup. Colleen Shoemaker will be at Bearcat Stadium to take on Alito – and this is a fun matchup here too, Kenny. Yeah, and Shoemaker's been solid this year. You know, they've uh, played well, but, you know, you're going up a, against a team in Alito that, like you said earlier, has not lost a district game, and I don't know when. And I'm just going to give it to Alito, I think, on this one. Yeah, they're, they're a buzzsaw, especially being at home, I think. And that's nothing against Shoemaker. Shoemaker is a darn good football team, but – Alito just being at home and just being as dominant as they've been. But, I mean, I'm not going to be surprised if Shoemaker pushes them for a little while. Again, Shoemaker's a really good football team. They're 8-2, and two, and, you know, their only two losses was like a five-point loss to Midlothian. And then um, i trying to remember who their other district loss was. I think it was – it wasn't, it wasn't uh, Lake Belton because they beat Lake Belton by one. 
Um, Midlow. It was Midlow. Mm-hmm. They lost Midlothian. They lost another district game as well. Oh, or maybe they're Red Oak. Yeah, Red Oak. That's right. Red Oak is the number two seed, so that makes sense. So, yeah. And so, again, this will be played in Alito. I'll, I'll take the Bearcats at home. And then our other, uh, or another 5A uh, Central Texas team, Lake Belton, in their first year of UIL district play, gets to the playoffs. Uh, congratulations to Coach Brian Cope and that group for making the playoffs in their very first year of eligibility. But they got a tough test in their very first playoff game, Kenny. Uh, the number two seed out of that aforementioned district uh, with Alito, the number two seed out of that is Burleson Centennial, and again, the higher seed hosting. So Lake Belton will be going to BISD Stadium to take on the Centennial Spartans in a true, <clears throat> excuse me, a true road game here. And this Centennial team, they're... They're a relatively young program. They This is only their 11th year of UIL uh, district play, I believe. And they've had the same coach from the very beginning, Coach Kyle Geller. And they run that really old school, like wishbone, triple option style offense uh, led by their quarterback, Philip Hamilton, who's been a four-year starter. He's been starting since his freshman year at quarterback there. They're a really good football team. They have an unbelievably good defense. And I got to see him a few weeks back when they defeated Denton Ryan, and that snapped a huge district winning streak for Denton Ryan as well. Um, so Centennial team, the Centennial team is really, really good, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But this Lake Belton offense, we've talked about it all year, Kenny. Uh, Connor Cruz, Micah Hudson, they're hard to stop. Yeah, and, you know, Micah Hudson's a perennial five, four-star recruit. Uh, on defense, you got Javion Wilcox, who is another mm-hmm. – high uh, recruit so yeah this is you're gonna have this is a game of stars here uh you know we've been following lake belton all year they've, they've stumbled a little bit here and there but i think they have a really good ball club and uh, this will be a good one to watch man I, I don't i really don't know which way to go on this one it's tough but i think at the end with the again just this home field advantage man especially with centennial i mean they they have that signature win on the scene as well of course when they played alito <clears throat> Excuse me. It did not go very well. I believe they gave up 60 in that game, which at that point in the season was more points than they'd given up total in their previous games before that. So, But that just tells you how good the Centennial defense is. And probably that Alito game probably says more about Alito than it does Centennial anyway. But this Centennial team is really, really good. But this Lake Belton team is really, really good too. I think this is one of the most exciting matchups in the state period for a first-round matchup. But I think I'll take Centennial at home. Uh, so now, staying in 5A, another interesting matchup, the University Trojans making their first playoff appearance in 13 years. But they are the lower seed. They lost a heartbreaker last week in the district championship game against Belton. Uh, Belton, uh, Cole Chrisman, the senior kicker there, kicked a 22-yard field goal as time expired to give Belton the win 31-29 at Waco ISD. So that... <clears throat> kept the university from getting the number one seed and actually dropped them down to number th- to the number three seed. So they matched with the number two seed out of District 8 in Austin McCallum. So this game will be played uh, Friday night at 7.30 at House Park, which is that really old stadium in Austin that's like right outside downtown. Oh, really? So that'll be... <clears throat> It'll be a, a bit of a challenge for this university team. I mean, they've traveled down to the Austin area several times already. They had to go down to Pflugerville to play Connolly. They had to go down to Elgin, which is near Austin, to play mm-hmm. the Wildcats. But, you know, this is different. This is, this is like in the inner city. This is right by downtown. It's 
Gonna, on a bus, it'll be a little over a two-hour drive, so can they overcome that long travel and overcoming a true road game atmosphere in the first round of the playoffs? Yeah, but, man, I listened to that game. Most of it, I kind of fell asleep at the end. But Well, yeah, there's the, there was a two-hour delay yeah, before that a, game kicked off It was as a well. great game. I felt bad for those kids because, you know, they played their heart out. Uh, and by the way, dude, you, you do a tremendous job on play-by-play. Thank you. Best. I mean, you're probably not going to be doing this well, podcast next year because you're going to be off somewhere no. doing college uh, play-by-play, but you do a great job. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. But, yeah, man, I'm going to roll with university. Yeah, I will as well. I'm going to go with them as well. I mean, <clears throat> I know you're not really supposed to compare scores, but the one common opponent that these two teams have is Pflugerville Connolly. And Austin McCallum, they hosted Pflugerville Connolly at home back in week three. And they beat Connolly, but it was by a score of 31-28. University went to, uh, to the field in Pflugerville to take on, to take on Connolly. And University, on the road, defeated Connolly 78-7. to <laughs> So, you know, again, you don't want to compare scores, but I think... That might be one of these instances where you could probably do that. Yeah, I think so as well. But, you know, McCallum, they're very athletic. They're a very athletic team. They're led by the quarterback. Um, I think his, his name... His last name's Houston. His quarterback, Houston. He's an athlete. He's a two-way starter. Also starts at uh, safety for the Knights as well. This is a really... They're really well coached. They're seven and three. They've won all the games they're supposed to, and even their their few losses and their biggest loss was against LBJ, which again, defending for a state cha- state championship finalist. Um, you know they're they they won they won this district and they they beat McCallum sixty eight to fourteen. But those the two losses that McCallum suffered in pre district were, were relatively close games. So, but. That they've won. They've won the games they're supposed to. They're seven and three in the number two seed for a reason. But I think when you look at their schedules, I think universities played a much tougher schedule. You know, front to back. And, you know, they've been very, very competitive. I mean, this this university team is seven points away from being nine and one. Yeah, they're yeah. a really good football team, and they're young. They have a superstar freshman wide receiver in London Smith. Um, they have a sophomore running back with Darius Evans that's been a stud all year. Their leading tackler on defense is their sophomore outside linebacker, Joe Caballero. They're a very, very talented team, very young. And, you know, their Coach Kent Laster has this team primed to become a perennial playoff team in the next couple years. So that would be exciting for them to see. But I think in their first playoff appearance in 13 years, I'm with you. I think the University Trojans get the win on the road at House Park against McCallum. And then our final game uh, that we'll be covering in the 5A ranks. Uh, in that same district matchup here, the district champion Belton will be hosting, since they're the higher seed, they'll be hosting uh, the number four seed out of that Austin district, Northeast Early College Prep. And there's not much to say about this one, <laughs> but, uh, Kenny. There really isn't. Belton, they're going to be at home. This Northeast team got into the playoffs by the skin on their teeth. Belton's going to win by however much they want, if you ask me. Yeah, and I agree. Uh, you know, I think Belton will have their way with them and make it a short night, put some backups in, stay healthy, and move on to the next round. Yeah, I agree completely. And then, so now, <clears throat> moving down to Class 4A, and we'll start with, again, another game that's probably going to be over by halftime. Uh, Fort Worth Western Hills, where we'll be traveling to China Spring. China Spring rarely a 4A team hosts a playoff game. 
but China Spring will be hosting in the first round, uh, hosting Western Hills in the first round. China Spring at home, you know, Cash McCollum, the uh, uh, Wimberley transfer quarterback, uh, you know, and he has a plethora of weapons to distribute the ball to. This Cougar defense has been lights out for most of the season. And, you know, they got their signature win earlier in the year as well when they defeated Stephenville at home to claim that district championship. China Spring by however much they want. Yeah, I think Cash McCollum and uh, Hafford and the X-Line mm-hmm. boys, they're just yeah. going to get it done. Yeah, absolutely, at home. So, again, there's not much to say about that one. And there's a lot. There's going to be a lot of those in this one, but China Spring should win big at home. And then another interesting matchup here, but another one that will probably be over relatively quickly. A uh, game that will be played at uh, Merrill Green Stadium in Bryan as Giddings will be taking on Waco Connolly. Connolly, the district champion over there in their district. Giddings, the number four seat out of their district, uh, District uh, 5. So, again, this game will be played in Bryan. Connolly has been electric all year. And they have that man, Kiefer Sibley, and he's not their only weapon, but he he's one that's probably gotten a lot of notoriety as of late. He rushed for almost 500 yards and seven touchdowns a couple weeks ago. He's been absolutely electric all season long. Yeah, he's probably him and Bryson Rowland and I guess some other dudes. You know, there's just so many good running backs in Central Texas, and he's probably right there at the top. And, mm-hmm. of course, you got the athlete and quarterback in Jelani McDonald that's mm-hmm. just a human highlight real uh yeah. Corey black on defense yeah i think Connie rose in this one yeah i agree as well and now staying in class 4a uh we mentioned this game at the top of the show a rematch from week one la vega we're playing kennedale this game will be played at owl stadium in joshua down in johnson county uh you look back in week one when these two teams played la vega won handily at home they won 34 7 in this one and they're they're a lot different team than they were in week, in week one, and it's probably not a stretch to say that they're a lot better than they were in week one, you know, because they took they took their lumps in that pre-district schedule, cause, and they played a gauntlet of a pre-district schedule, playing schools like Midlothian Heritage and you know, schools like that. But, you know, they played three state champions in, yeah. in their pre-district schedule. And then when they played Kennedale in the first game, I mean, they shut them down. Kennedale likes mm-hmm. to run the ball a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. La Vega held them under 100 yards rushing. I think they had like 115 total yards. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just well, I don't know what this La Vega team is. I mean, you'd think they'd be better, but uh, they kind of stumbled there uh, midseason. But I like La Vega in this one. I agree completely. Uh, I think La Vega, especially with that, they got to be rolling in with some confidence right now. They did. They did a pretty good job throughout district play. They won the games they were supposed to. Dropped a little. They lost by 14 to Stephenville last week to close out the regular season. No shame in that, however. But Stephenville was coming off a two-game skid as well. And speaking of Stephenville, that will be our next game as, again, another game that should be pretty close to over by halftime. Uh, Dunbar will be taking on Stephenville. This game will be played at Burleson ISD Stadium. Uh, I believe this game will be played uh, – because I remember we, we talked earlier about Centennial and Blake Belton playing. I think that will be played on Thursday, and this Dunbar-Stephenville game will be played on Friday. Or it could be vice versa. I'm, I don't know off the top of my head. But, again, th- this is a game that should be over rather quickly. Yeah, just get in, get out, stay healthy, move on to the next round. And then staying in 4A, uh, Gatesville will be taking on Smithville. And this game will be played in Hutto. Uh Interesting matchup here. Smithville four and six. Gatesville eight and two on the year. Um, 
You know, the records, the records, I mean, as a old, what's the word I want to use here? As an old friend once said, <laughs> your records, you are what your record you says you are. You are. You are what your record says you are. That's so. Bill Parcells. Yes, absolutely. Well, I guess I can't consider him a friend. I never met the <laughs> An dude. An old but... friend of mine, Bill Parcells, <laughs> once said, you are what. That is true. But yeah, Gatesville, Smithville here in Hutto. Uh, Gatesville, the higher seed in this one. Gatesville's played really, really good football year. They're 8-2 and two for a reason. I think the Hornets will take this one. Yeah, and Bryce touched on this in our interview. Uh, mm-hmm. Gatesville's, you know, they, they got a pretty good squad. So I yeah. look for them to keep rolling. And then uh, three more uh, by district games in Class 4A. Hillsboro at Hershey. This game will be played uh, up in Coppell, up in the Metroplex. Uh, Hershey, they're a dang good football team. And then, <laughs> But Hillsboro, they've – I don't know, man. I, I've seen this Hillsboro team play a couple times, and uh, the last time I saw them play, they played Robinson at home, and they had a 27-point comeback. So this is a resilient team. Of course, we know Hillsborough always has athletes. Yep. You know, they're they're always relatively competitive when in the athlete speed. But, you know, if they they tend to be a team that kind of folds if, uh, you know, if things fall apart really early and the team that doesn't tend to respond, which, I mean, I mentioned earlier about that large comeback they had against Robinson. That's not something you see a Hillsborough team do very often. But this team has shown a lot more resiliency than Hillsborough teams have passed. I think this Hershey team is just, just too good. I'll probably take the Huskies in this one. Yeah, this Hershey team, and, and I guess along with uh, Glen Rose, they're region finals favorites. And mm-hmm. I feel sorry for our brethren of Hill County, but mm-hmm. uh, not not this time, buddy. Yeah, not this time. So we'll both take the Huskies in this one. Uh, Glen Rose will be taking on Graham. This game will be played at Bearcat Stadium in Alito. Interesting matchup here. Um, but uh, – it's another rematch. You know, yeah. Glen Rose rolled mm-hmm. them pretty, pretty easily in the beginning of the season, and I think it. I think they do it again. Uh, Hudson right. Wise just, you know, like uh, we talked to a coach earlier this year that played. Oh, Coach uh, Grandview coach. He's like, uh, you Edna. just you cannot prepare for a guy no. like Hudson Wise. He's like, he's just he's, phenomenal he's, athlete. He's, he's going to get his. He can hit you as hard as he as fast as he runs. You know, he hits you hard. He finishes off runs. He's tremendously fast. He's just like a all-around great football player, and just Graham's not going to be able to compete with that. Yeah, I agree. He's a true dual threat. And, you know, and when in doubt, you go with the team with the best playmaker. And in this case, it is absolutely Glenn Rose. So we'll take the Tigers in this one to move on to round two. And then our final game in Class 4A, a game that I hate to say it, but will absolutely be over by halftime. Cuero. We'll be taking on the Salado Eagles, number four seed out of that five-team district. Uh, Salado had to beat out Robinson for that last spot. But this game will be played in Buda. That's down by the Houston area, isn't it? Uh, Buna? Buda. Oh, Buda. No, Buda Hayes. That's right there on 35. Right off 35, okay. I believe so. So, I mean, it could be a favorable travel situation for Salado, but Aquero is... They've just been unbelievably dominant all year, 9-1 and one on the year. They're really good football team. The Gobblers, long storied history, great tradition over there. they got a really good football team. They're then Especially on the defensive side of the ball, they've been dominant all year long. I'll, I'll take Cuero on this one. Yeah, and i got some really good friends down there in Salado and 
I wish them all the luck in the world, but it's just not going to happen this time, man. Yeah, I don't think so either. But that is, uh, look at our uh, big school teams in the by-district round this week. And before we dive into our small schools, uh, Kenny had a chance to sit down with Curtis Quillen to talk a little small school football. Curtis Quillen is the sports director at KCEN Channel 6. And this is Kenny's interview with Mr. Quillen. All right, I'm here with Curtis Quillen, the sports director at KCEN TV and Waco Channel 6. Curtis, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Appreciate you having me on. Thanks, man. So here we are, week one of the playoffs, and we got you on to talk 3A and 2A playoff football. Let's start 3A, D1. What what What's interesting to you? What matchups do you like local that you think is going to be uh, fun to watch or interesting to watch? I think it's going to be interesting to watch West Mejia for the years to come. I don't know that Mejia has um, – has the athletes West has this year, but I think it's going to be interesting to see what Aaron Nowell can get building there uh, in Limestone County, especially with all the turmoil uh, that was going on in that program when he took it over and then this just brutal schedule that he put together for this season, especially in the non-district slate. Um, and so I think it's really interesting for years to come, and I think it's one of those you know, really strange reasons why pe- those of us who cover high school football and understand it kind of watch these games that people don't think about. Um, as far as 3A D1 Region 2 goes, though, I think it's, I think it's between West and Malakoff. Um, West is, you know, 9-1, and one, the one loss of the reigning 3A D1 champion, Lorena. Uh, just finished another undefeated run through District 7, 3A1. And then you have Malakoff, who just finished an unblemished run through um, District 8, 3A1. And in the past couple of years, those two districts have pretty much run this region, and I don't see any reason for it to really change. Um, when you look at Region 3 and you bring in District 11, 3A Division 1, which is, you know, the hornet's nest um, yeah. with, with both reigning 3A champs in it, um, I don't see – I think it's a pretty likely scenario where District 11 can get, you know, three out of four into the regional semifinals. Um, and when I've talked about it with some of the – the coaches and the ADs in that district, you know, I told them the only thing holding me back from the saying all four, it's not y'all, it's District 12. Because I think the 11 and 12 is the power nexus of Region 3 when you look at who's in there. You know, out of 11, you've got Academy as the four seed. And I would venture to say that the Bumblebees are, uh, you know, a dangerous four. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the fact that the reigning state champ, Lorena, is the three and then you have Cameron Yo, a very good team ranked in the state until week 11, uh, coming in as the runner-up. And so, and then obviously Franklin takes up most of the oxygen in the room, and uh, they've earned that right. And so I think 3A D1 Region 3 is interesting, and there's a whole lot of scenarios that I can see playing out. But I can see District 11 getting at least three teams through to the third round where they would start playing each other again. Um, the question it becomes, who is it then? Does Jackson Generals lead Lorena on another run to the regional semis or the regional final? Does Rick Rhodes get Cameron back to the state semifinals if he can upend Franklin? Or does Franklin keep this tear that it's ongoing and get through to the state semifinals? And so 3AD1 has a lot of depth potential in Central Texas. And I think it's worth noting again that an all-Central Texas State title game, just based purely on talent and the fact that anything can happen in the playoffs, is on is on the table once again. Yeah, and that first-round matchup for Lorena against Columbus, that's that's exciting. That that would be a game you'd really want to go watch. That, that 
that is worth the price of admission for sure. I do know that Thursday night last week, when with everybody moving their games up because of the weather uh, the, on Friday, um, I do know that Thursday night really threw a wrench in things. Um, the, Columbus was expected to win the district and winds up as the two seed because of tiebreakers based on Thursday's results. And so that wrench got thrown in there. And so I think Lorena matches up against Columbus much better than Academy does. But also, that's not a knock on Academy at all. And let's move down to 3AD2. Not a whole lot in our area. Clifton, uh, I don't know if y'all really cover Rogers, Lexington area, but Clifton, they snuck in on a, a win or go home game the other night. I think they won in overtime uh, against a Tide Haven team that looks like they're pretty salty. Yeah, so we cover Rogers. Our, our studio in downtown Temple is probably about 20 minutes from Coach Roten's office okay. there in, in Rogers. And so, you know, Rogers is probably the most dangerous two seed in this region. Um, in 382 Region 4, you're absolutely right about Clifton, although I come in with some some caution about the Cubs. This is a, a team that you know blew a 13-0 lead, and uh, Florence was very game to play the spoiler, and uh, Clifton needed overtime to come back and, and win that one um, and get it into the playoffs with on its own accord. Obviously, the Rodgers-Elkhart result would have put Clifton through no matter what. And so this is uh, – this is a Clifton team that's very young and has taken its lumps along the way, snapped a seven-game losing streak to win two out of three to end the season or, or two straight to end the season. So this is an impressive turnaround that Brent Finney has been able to get at the end of his first year in the big chair. Um, the question is, what does Clifton look like against Tidehaven team, against Tidehaven, a team that probably is as good of a pick as any to win the region? Um, you know, I think that your top three in the region are going to be Lexington, Tidehaven, and Poth, although I do have some questions about Poth um, based on recent trends in the playoffs as well. Uh, and then you look at Rodgers and don't sleep on these Eagles. Yeah, yeah, they lost that first game to Lexington, but my goodness, if you look at what Rodgers has on its roster and the way that it turned it around after a couple of disappointing losses in the regular season – Rogers is a team that is dangerous in 382 Region 4, and a team that, you know, ever since Charlie Roden took that job, plays like it has nothing to lose and everything to gain. Yeah, and I agree. I, I love Coach Roden. We've had him on, and uh, he can coach those dudes up. So oh, yeah. Let's roll. And, and, and the scheme is so difficult to defend oh, because yeah. not many people run it. Yeah, and they run it really well. I mean, and it's great because. You know, by the time they get up to high school, it's ingrained in them, you know, that system because they run it, you know, all the way through middle school. And that, I guess that's what you have to do when you run that type of system. It's, you know, they're like machines. They, It's natural for them. They're blocking assignments and all that stuff. Okay. Yeah, and the other thing, like, with, with him is that consistency with him, and then we can move on to 2A. Um, you know, this was a that Rogers was a program that struggled because of a lot of turnover in, in Roten's chair. Roten's in his sixth season there. I think these I think these guys know that he's dedicated to this town. I agree one hundred percent. Okay, so now class two A D one. We have several matchups here. A couple of really good ones. Uh what are you thinking about that? Uh could I turn your attention to seven PM Thursday at Rocket Field in Robinson? <laughs> yes. Axel and Rosebud Lot is a fun playoff matchup. Athletes everywhere you look. One team that's not afraid to throw it in the air, and the other one is going to keep it on the ground. This is, uh, you know, Axel is very much a run first team. 
um, and a team that's just kind of playing with house money. I don't think that Axel was expecting the Craig Horn effect to take effect this quickly, uh, but it has. And so credit to him. I mean, this is, you know, he's one of the best coaches in 2A football for a reason. The Hubbard native has, you know, coached in state championship games and won regional, uh, won regions. And so, you know, the things that he has done at Axel in year one, Craig Horn, you have to give him credit. And I don't understand how he doesn't get district coach of the year. Uh, in that district, it, but that is a very fascinating matchup um, for those reasons alone. Scheme-wise, it's very different, uh, and I think it's kind of, you know, both teams' best units is uh, their offense, and so I think that's going to be an interesting part of this matchup. This is one that could get rather pointsy, or it could be incredibly low scoring. I don't really have a read on it, and that's what makes these playoff games so much fun. Elsewhere in Region 2, I think Crawford has to be the favorite. Uh, this is a driven team that was really banged up in that regional final last year against Marlin. Uh, don't think that they don't know that they can get the Bulldogs again in the regional final. That was, uh, you know, goal number one for the Pirates coming into the year. Uh, and you know that they're going to want to get back to that game and, and get, a, get, a, get a second shot. At the uh, at the Bulldogs there, but Marlin wanting to prove that last year wasn't a fluke and it wasn't Crawford's injuries, and so I think that is going to be an interesting storyline. I think those two are clearly the two favorites in two A D one Region two, but don't leave Toller out. Toller out in Region out in District five, undefeated, finished yeah. a ten and zero season. Um, that's that's a Rattler ball club that uh, I don't want to play if I'm any of these coaches in. Uh, in Region Two, and then I think it, I think we'd be remiss if we talk about who wasn't here. And you have to really kind of think like, did any of us have Bosqueville missing the playoffs? And so, what does that do to the bracket? What does that do? You know, with Riesel and Rosebud Lot both getting in out of that loaded District Eight Two A One. And so, um, you know, Bosqueville's a perennial power hasn't missed the playoffs since two thousand seven. What's going to happen now uh, in this bracket with kind of an unexpected? Um, miss into in a Division One Region Two, and then when you go to Region Four and you've got Holland and Thorndale and Hearn and all of those guys in there, um, I think that one pretty much runs through the Greater Victoria and Corpus area. You're talking about, you know, uh, Shiner and Refurio have been neck and neck. I think one and two all season. I think that they're go- the very prohibitive favorites in that district. Um, or in that region, rather. And I think the District 13 guys might have a, you know, have some fun in the first round. But at the end of the day, you're talking about a, a region that's absolutely loaded. Um, and they're going to have their, if, if not in the first week, uh, they're definitely going to have some tests in for them in the, in the coming weeks, especially, you know, round two, if they get there and face a Shiner or a Refurio or one of those other deep South Texas 2A teams. Yeah. And and let's go back to region two real quick. And man, I like that. The, the Riesel Cayuga matchup. Cause I think Riesel's a solid ball club that running back Mason heats a stud. And I think Cayuga is really good, but, I'm, I'm, you know, usually you may write off these uh, one, one, four seed games, but I, I think uh, Riesel has a fighting chance. And then if you look at Axtell and Coach Horn, we're going to have him on this episode. This is his five, fifth different coaching stop, and he's made the playoffs in the first year everywhere he's been. I don't think he's ever missed the playoffs. This, he's a great coach, and he's earned that reputation. Um, that's not just me saying it because of the results. Like, I mean, the results speak for themselves. And I, I, I think you, I think you're right in that he hasn't missed the playoffs. 
And not only am I not writing Riesel off in a 1-4 playoff game, I'm going to turn the clock back to, uh, 365 days, and Kenny, and we're going to talk about last year's by-district round. Riesel wins a win-or-go-home win game against Buffalo in Week 11, gets the four seed in 13-3A Division Two, beats Tidehaven in the first round, gets to the third round. Yep as the four seed and now moving down a classification or moving down a division to 2A1. Um, this is an Indians ball club that is as good as anybody else in that district, and they've proven it uh, with, you know, key wins over Bosqueville and, you know, pushing Rosebud lot to the limit and a regional team that kind of gave uh, Marlin a decent push as it well. Is. And so um, let's, let's keep an eye on that one because I do think that Tyler Crow's ball club is building something. I agree. So let's go down to Division Two. Uh, you know, you've got Mart, but I really like the two and three seed out of District Ten in Wortham and Dawson, and I think they have a chance to make some noise in that region. I think this is a, another one. I don't know that I would have picked District Ten Two A Division Two to sweep the region last year like it did, uh, but I think there is a, I think there is a realistic chance that that happens a second year in a row. This is a district that is loaded with, you know, really good eight and two, nine and one, ten and zero, oh. um, and so I think you could see, I think Mark could see Dawson again, could see, you know, a bunch of these teams again later on in the playoffs. This is a Panthers team that is um, driven, wants to get back to AT&T, doesn't like the way the last two seasons have ended. Um, and, you know, Kevin Hoffman came out of retirement to coach this ball club. That makes me think that they're going to be the prohibitive favorite to win state. Um, in 2A Division 2, but Region 3, it, it's full It's full of trap games for Mark. So you have to stay focused on each week, or it could be uh, it could be basketball season in southeast McLennan County early, earlier than planned once again. And then the other thing to keep in mind in 2A Division 2 is if you get to the state semifinals, you're either going to face – it looks like you're going to face either Chilton or Burton. Mm-hmm. And – I'm ahead of the season on countdown to kickoff, I gave my dark horse pick and I said Chilton to the semifinals. That's looking very good. Chilton's ten and zero. They are beating up on really good teams in their in their district. They're beating up on really good teams elsewhere in the state. You know, they went and played Deweyville, and that's a playoff team that they've kind of made look mediocre. <laughs> like that's how good this Chilton team is, and it's driven. Wants to get back to the regional final. Uh, which will probably, you know, if it's not one of their district foes that makes it to the regional final, then it's probably going to be Burton because Fall City does seem a little down this year. And so um, I think this is a Chilton team that, you know, not only does the bracket break in their favor and realignment help them by getting them out of the region with Mark, but I think that this team is equipped to do what it takes to get to that state semifinal against Mark. And, you know, when you get to that point, all bets are off. Who knows what happens at that point? Yeah, and I think if you look at the right side of that bracket, it would not surprise me if you saw a Mart Wortham rematch in the semifinals of that region and a Chilton Bremont rematch, too. I mean, Bremont, I think they've got a little something. That they've got a tremendous quarterback, and I think they can make a run also. I, I agree with you there. I, I think Wortham, Dawson are very capable. And then you look at the region four side, Granger and, Bre- and, Granger and Bremont. You know, those those two districts alone, those top three are so, so good and so capable of making deep runs. Hey, Curtis, we appreciate it, man. Thanks for hopping on. I know you're busy this time of year. Playoffs are starting signing day tomorrow. So uh, thank you for hopping on, and we appreciate it. I appreciate it. 
And that was Kenny's interview with Curtis Quillen. Curtis, again, is the sports director at KCEN Channel 6 in the Waco Temple area. So thanks again to Mr. Quillen for joining us. This is the second time on the show this year, so we appreciate him joining us for this bi-district first round of the playoff show here on the Central Texas Football Podcast. And now let's dive into the small schools here, Kenny, and we'll start here in our own backyard uh, the Whitney Wildcats taking on the Teague Lions. This will be a really fun matchup here. This game is going to be played Thursday night at Hewitt Panther Stadium in or Midway Panther Stadium in Hewitt. This will be a really fun matchup here. This is a Teague team that started off the season 0-3, but they've really picked it up as of late. Yeah, and they, they played Malakoff really well, better than really anybody else has other than uh, Grandview, who, who beat mm-hmm. Malakoff. And then you got a Whitney team that really – Hasn't done well against teams with winning records. You know, mm-hmm. they, uh, they played two in West and Grandview, and they I thought they played well against West. The ball didn't bounce their way a couple of times. Turned the ball over mm-hmm. inside the five and the ten on downs twice, but really came out flat against Grandview. So mm-hmm. I don't know which Whitney team is going to show up. Uh, their defense gave up 28 points to Maypearl mm-hmm. not too long ago. So I, I think Coach Haynes is probably going to shore that up. Uh, both teams have weapons. Oh, yeah. You know, and I think maybe it might come down to kind of the return game because Whitney's got some guys that can take it to the house. I know Teague has got uh, one dude that's returned three kicks for a touchdown, so maybe it comes down to special teams or something like that. I think there's no question here. Teague has probably definitely played a lot tougher schedule here, and that's no knock against Whitney because you can't choose the district that you're in. But playing all those Dallas charter schools and stuff probably doesn't help you prepare for the playoffs as much as, you know, having being in a district like – schools like Malakoff and Grosbeck and schools like that. So the strength of schedule do, will play a factor in this game. But, you know, when he's, you know, just because they have an easy schedule doesn't mean they just can sit there and lay an egg. You know, they, they still played really good football. They're scoring a lot of points, have several shutouts to their credit mm-hmm. as well. I mean, this is this is still a good football team. So I think this will be a really fun matchup on a Thursday night. Who do you have in this one? Uh, I'm going to go, you know, I was reading the previews on uh, the magazine website and uh matt steps got whitney favored by two and that sounds good to me i'm gonna go with whitney i'll I'll take whitney as well so now uh rosebud lot will be taking on axtel this game will be played thursday night and robinson and before we we'll dive into this game a little bit before we do so kenny had a chance to sit down with the head coach of the axel longwards coach craig horn we'll have that for you right now all right i'm here with coach craig horn Head football coach, athletic director, the Axel Longhorns. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing great. Hey, thanks for hopping on here. Uh, let's talk about your season so far. Man, you, you took over a uh, an Axel squad that hadn't been very good in the past, and you got them turned around. And I know when you got the job, we had talked, and you said you were really excited about this uh, the, these young kids on this team. So l- let's talk about your season. You know, it, it's had its ups and downs, and, and obviously, when you're you're seven and two and eight or eight and two, and you, you know, it's had more ups than downs. But uh, yeah, just like we talked about back in the spring when I got here, you know, we knew we had some young kids that had some talent, and, and uh, again, Axtell was they were doing the right things uh, here. They were in the going in the right direction. Um, it's just that we we put our little spin on it and twist on it and, and with weight room and, and work ethic and, and discipline and whatnot and and um, I think the kids bought in relatively quickly and we were fortunate enough to start 
start the year off with the win and and uh and that kind of really excited those older group of kids that were kind of still maybe on the fence about what they what they wanted to do or what they wanted to believe in and and uh you know we we've been able to go on a run here since the Cayuga loss and and uh put together a, a really good season and and, and make the playoffs but it, it really come down to the kids buying in and and again being good hard working kids that that wanted to be successful and and uh, once they had a taste of some success, I think they've been sold. So we we had a little questionnaire for you on our preview show, and I'm going to ask you again. So when you get here in the spring, do you know kind of right away during the springtime, you know, what kid's going to play where, or do you got to really wait till we you get the pads on and try to place them somewhere? You really do have to wait, uh, especially that first year. You know, now now knowing these kids next moving forward and going into next year you know we'll have a, a working resume with them and we kind of know kids disposition kids intelligent quotient as far as it pertains to, to football or, or whatever sport we're moving into and uh, I think we will have a better idea of where guys go this first year it, it it's been a little bit of a mystery, and I think now we finally have kids in positions where they can be successful and 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 help us not just for the remainder of this season, but moving on. So, you know, we we didn't think Colden would be the quarterback, didn't want Colden to be the quarterback, and uh, it just so happened that looking towards the future, we, we made a decision that we would play him there this year uh, and move some other pieces around. And, and allow those kids to develop in, in places where we knew that, again, not just for this year, but for next year and the year after that, that that they would probably be in and, and let them go ahead and grow and mature in those areas. So, you know, and then moving guys around on the offensive line, finding some defensive starters here and there. Uh, you know, we got like a 127-pound linebacker. I assure you we did not go into the year <laughs> thinking that that kid was going to be linebacker, but uh, you know, so there's all sorts of things that have been moved around, and and uh, you know, you, you, you kind of watch video and you see kids move, and just the personal interactions you have with them, you kind of get to know what they're about and and how much substance they have to them or grit they have, and and uh, you know, you give them a chance. And like I said, like with the 127 pound linebacker, you know, nobody looks at, at a kid that size and goes, oh yeah, you're going to play linebacker, but you know, you get to know them and you see them move around and, and you put them in a position and you, you help them with your scheme to to be successful. And, and uh, you know, next thing you know, you go you go eight and two and you're in the playoffs. So we talked about it before we hit record and I talked with Curtis Quinlan earlier today and we talked about it. So you've been to five places. You've made the playoffs the first year everywhere you've been and you've only missed technically – didn't miss the playoffs, but you did miss the playoffs one year at, at Itasca. What what do you credit that to? Just do you, do you did you have a mentor that you know showed you like a system, you know, the way to run a program, or, or what do you give credit to that? Just the kids, to your staff? Do you, do you keep the same staff at most of these places? Uh, it's been different staffs everywhere. Uh, you know, I, I didn't take any guys with me from. I tasked at a Hubbard, and uh, I took one to Hall and then from Hall to Italy, I didn't take any. From Italy over to here, you know, I've been fortunate enough to, to be able to bring three guys uh, with me. 
uh, and really four because we were able to get our athletic trainer over here as well. So, you know, I, I guess to answer your question is it, it's kind of a it's kind of fluid. You know, each situation's been different. Uh, the talent's been different. The coaching staff's been different. I think the the thing that remains the same kind of goes back to what which you, you you brought up there was did I have a mentor, somebody that showed me the secret formula, and, and I did. You know, uh, I, I didn't know what I was going to do coming up. You know, you and I played baseball together there for a few years, and you know we uh, we went about our our merry ways, and when I when I get got done playing, I didn't know what I was going to do. I thought I was going to be a history professor in college. Is kind of really what I wanted to do. But, but uh, you know, my first son, uh, my, my ex-wife got pregnant with my first son, and, and uh, you know, it was time to grow up and do big boy things and go get a job. And and uh, I decided I'd coach, and, and uh, you know, got 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 busy and graduated from college and I was fortunate enough to get hired at Hillsborough and do my student teaching there and a lot of people go Hillsborough and and uh, yeah Hillsborough and I ran into a group of guys uh, Steve Hale was one of them you know he's the AD over yep. at uh, Hillsborough now yes, sir. Uh, Brian Irwin was the head coach he was a young guy boy Brian was cocky he had swagger he was arrogant half <laughs> the time you don't know if you love him and or hate him but I tell you what you do know all the time uh, with Brian is is you know he knows his business and you know he's a winner and uh you know that that uh, if, if you just keep up with him and and follow his lead, and he boy he's out there in front of you now. You're not gonna outwork him. You're not gonna outknow him. Uh, he, he was phenomenal, and he he taught me a lot. And uh, as as much as I thought I knew, I didn't know anything. And uh, if it hadn't been for those years with Steve and, and uh, Brian and, and those guys, shoot, I wouldn't I wouldn't be anywhere. But they gave me the secret sauce: uh, hard work, watch every ounce of video you can watch, hold the kids accountable, don't accept anything other than perfect effort, don't accept anything other than a perfect stance and perfect first step. And after that, if they'll just fight like hell and play as hard as they can, then you get a chance to be successful. So it, it all really came about from from that, that just stroke of luck that I had to be at the student teach at Hillsburn. And um, those guys took me under their wing. And, and uh, yeah, had it not been for that, I don't know where I'd be, to tell you the truth. And that's a great story, man. I knew you were there. I didn't know that Coach Irwin, and I'm, I'm, I don't know Coach Coach Irwin, but I, I know of him, and that's that's a great story. I, I'm glad he had that kind of influence on you. I, well, I'll tell you what, I, you know, and I don't think he's coaching anymore, but, you know, I've been around a lot of good coaches and coached against a lot of good coaches, and, and uh, yeah, shoot, he's, he's the best. I don't know if he ever wants to do it again, but if anybody needs one, shoot at any level, he's He's the dude, I'm telling you. We all went down to Lamarck and won a state championship when you were there, and they won another one after you left. Is that right? That, that's right, yeah. And I'm going to tell you what, you know, that first one that we won, that, that group of kids was so talented that, that you know, that, that some of those guys may be mad at me saying this, but all we had to do was kind of not screw that up, you know. <laughs> and uh, But I'm going to tell you, the, the second one, I, I left and came to Itasca, and moved back to the farm, got my boys back out in the country, and, and uh, I coached spring uh, through spring ball there and, and uh, helped them in 
that transition. And and I'm gonna tell you what, when I when I left Lamarck that spring, uh, I thought they might go four and six, six and four. I mean, the talent had dropped off, and uh, not just talent dropped off. They, they they were going through some character situations and staff changing over and whatnot, and so. But probably the best coaching job I know of, and nobody would ever believe that, that you shouldn't just win state at Lamarck. But, yeah, that when they won it all in 06, that was, that was the best coaching job I know of ever in the history of football. Cause <laughs> I worked with that group of kids in the spring, and, and I don't know how they did it. I don't know what they did, but, you know, that, that's the genius of Brian. Well, another great story. Okay, man, this Thursday night, at Rocket Field and Robinson, you got Rosebud Lot. Now, did you scrimmage those guys uh, preseason? Didn't y'all have a scrimmage with them? Yeah, we went down there. Uh, shoot, I can't remember now. It was the first scrimmage or second one. Uh, I think it was his first scrimmage. So you're kind of familiar, I mean, a little bit familiar with them. Of course, you got all the film in the world you want to watch. So what are you expecting out of Rosebud Lot? Well, they're talented. You know, they're they're really good at all their skill spots. Uh, they're fast where they need to be fast. They're tall where they need to be tall, and and uh, um, they're big where they need to be big. So, I I envision you know they're going to line up, try to run the football, and 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 force us to load the box up and and get man to man coverage downfield, and, and then push the ball vertically and and let their athletes that'll have a high advantage on us go up and 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 gain big chunks of yards in the passing game. That's what they've done against most people and I have no reason to think that won't be their game plan against us. So, you know, they're a run first team but they do, you know, they will just literally chunk the ball up in the air and let their kids go get it. And so they win a lot of those fifty fifty balls. So that that'll be something that we'll have to contend with and then defensively they're 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 somewhat multiple defensively. They, we've seen them in some even fronts, which is a four-man front, and, and uh, for them, and then we've seen them, you know, in an odd front, and, which is more of a bear look, kind of like what we play. Uh, you know, it just kind of depends on who they're playing, what they want to do. They're active with their linebackers from time to time, and and in the secondary, you know, they they give you a cover two look, but it, but they're really probably playing off man and letting their athletes keep eyes on the quarterback and go make plays on, on the football when you do throw it. So, we, yeah, we feel like we got a pretty good beat on them. And, you know, the challenge is, you know, just how you match up athletically and how the game's going to play out. And so, you know, we're, we're excited about the challenge. You know, we, we we feel good about it. We're here. We're not scared. But uh, it, it is going to be an immense challenge, and we're going to have to do all the little things right to just to give ourselves a chance to be in the ball game. Coach, man, we appreciate it. Thank you for hopping on. Uh, good luck Thursday night. I hope everybody gets through that game healthy and uh, you live to see another – y'all get to see another round. Man, you and me both. It's been <laughs> fun. It's been exciting. I appreciate you boys keeping keeping us in mind, and you guys are doing a good job with your podcast, man. I know there are a lot of people that are they're excited about what you guys are doing. <laughs> well, all five listeners, yeah, they enjoy it. <laughs> That's right. They enjoy the heck out of it, man. <laughs> all right, buddy. Well, I appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, hopefully we'll talk to you next week maybe or something, somewhere down there. All right. All right, Kenny, I appreciate you. Thanks. And that was Kenny's interview with the head coach of the Axel Longhorns, 
Coach Craig Horn. Thanks again to Coach Horn for joining us on this week's show. And they got a big matchup here, Kenny. This is the first time they've been in the playoffs in a while as well. And a credit to Coach Horn and his first year with the Longhorns. To, I mean, 7-2 and two record in the playoffs. Man, that's a great turnaround in year one. Yeah, and it's like we talked about with Coach Horn and Curtis Quinlan. You know, he's been to five spots. And he's made the playoff the first year, every year he's been there. And he's made, really made the playoffs every year, except for one year when he resigned midseason at Itasca. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've known Craig for a long time. He's a, he's a great dude, great football coach. But you look over there at Rosebud Lot, man, they got some studs over there. Mm-hmm. Coach Hicks is doing a great job. And this is – and I agree with Matt Stepp. This is a game that I circled like. This is going to be a fun mm-hmm. one. Yeah, I agree as well. Again, this is going to be played Thursday night at Rocket Field in Robinson. This is one. This is one of those true pick'em games that you can really just flip a coin and be like, "All right, this is who's going to win." I'm going to take Axel in this one, Kenny. I'm going to go Axel too. Sorry, Coach Hicks, you're a great dude too. Yeah. I, we had. I really liked interviewing you. I think you're going to do great things at Rosebud Lot, but I, I got Axel. Yeah, but again, I'm not going to be surprised if Rosebud Lot takes a win either. You know, the the big question for me in this one one is Rosebud Lot. They have recent, you know, playoff appearances and stuff, but. Axtell, this is the first time they've been here in a while. And with this group, uh, their first year under Coach Horn, they make the playoffs. How do they respond? Because as we know, a playoff environment is completely different than any other environment you can play in in the regular season. So it'll be interesting to see how the Longhorns respond to that with them not being in this position uh, in a very long time. So, But I think they'll overcome it. Coach Horn, I think he'll have his kids playing right, especially his, his son, Colden Horn, leading things over at quarterback. I'll take the Longhorns in this one, too. And then a game that will be played at Waco ISD Stadium on Thursday night as well. Mejia, the number four seed out of District 8, Class 3 Division 1, will be taking on the district champion of Class of District 7, Class 3 Division 1, the West Trojans. Again, not much to say here, Kenny. Mejia is 3-7. and seven. You can credit a lot, a lot of that to their pre-district schedule where they played a gauntlet yeah, back then too, but it's like Jay Black said they need mm-hmm. to fire their schedule maker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I mean, you know, Coach, uh, what's his, what's the coach's name? Aaron something. Now, now, N O W L. Now, we'll say no. But but Coach Aaron Noel of the Black Hats, he did that for a reason, you know, to prepare his team for. That tough district they're in, they're in first off, but also for their playoff appearance as well. But they'll be running to another buzzsaw into a really, really good West Trojan team. I'll take West in this one. Yeah, uh, you know, Mahia's got athletes, but West is just a, a, a program that's where Mahia wants to be and, and everybody else wants to be. Yeah, and I got West in this one. Yeah, I agree. So uh, we'll move on now to another the Friday game at Midway Panther Stadium in Hewitt Kearns. Be taking on Crawford, the Pirates in this one. Crawford, ten and zero. A very, very good defense. Oh man, they were giving up two point. Like the first half of the season, they were only giving up two points per game. Yeah, Crawford. Um, yeah, they're a machine, man. Yeah, I mean, it's just you know not much to say. That they're just gonna roll. Yeah, Coach Greg Jacobs has this team playing on a whole different level right now in Class Two A Division One. They're on their own level and. They got to be a perennial favor to at least make the state championship game at this point. So I'll take Crawford in round one. Then now moving back up to Class Three A, Fairfield will be taking on the Grandview Zebras. This will be the Friday game being played at Rocket Field in Robinson. And another thing here, two seed versus three seed here. Fairfield they also started off zero and three in the season, won four out of their last uh, six games. 
But, you know, Grand, Grandview, another perennial playoff team, a lot of pedigree. I'll take I'll take the Zebras in this yeah, one. Yeah, Fairfield will throw the ball a lot. You know, they're yeah. slinging around. That quarterback over there is good. You know, he's turned it over a little bit. Uh, last week, you know, Teague shut him down, really, for mm-hmm. about three quarters. You know, then at the end, uh, Fairfield got a few uh, balls in there. But I know Coach uh, Ebner really likes his cornerbacks over there. And I think he'll take his chances with them, and I think the Zebras roll. I agree. And then our next game, Rio Vista or Rio Vista, depending on if you live there or not, will be taken on Marlin. This game will be played in West this week in the by district round. Marlin, another team that struggled, started off one and three in the regular season. But a lot of that was attributed to a bunch of injuries they suffered, especially with their quarterback, uh, Desmond Woodson. But this team, they're playing really good football right now. They're back to full strength pretty much. They're fully healthy. Coach Torres has this team rolling again. I, I think I think Marlon rolls in round one. Yeah, I do too. And we've, we've said, I've said it before, you know, when we talked to Coach Torres going into that Crawford game, he got everybody back healthy. And he was really where he wanted to be. And they played Crawford pretty tough. And – They've been rolling since then, and, you know, this is going to set up a heck of a second-round matchup with Tola. Yeah, I agree. It'll be really, really exciting to see how far this team – because we know the resilience of this Marlin team is very, very strong. Just overcoming those injuries, a lot of those young players that had to step up and fill those roles did a great job just keeping things afloat. And then having all those starters back really, really helps as well. But, yes, I agree with you. Marlin will take this one over the Rio Vista Eagles. And now – uh, another surprise appearance here in the playoffs, Clifton. 2-1 Clifton earns their playoff bid and with their victory last week. Over, overtime victory. And overtime victory as well. Uh, but they're, they're – so they're – well, they finished 2-7, 2-8 on the year. Yeah. To get that number four playoff seed, and they'll be taking on the district championship of their neighboring district, and that's Tidehaven, 8-2 and two on the season. This, team, this game will be played at Memorial Stadium down in Bastrop. Uh, Clifton, they did, they did a good job winning the games they needed to to make the playoffs, but I think Tidehaven rolls here. Yeah, and I like Coach Finney, he's a great dude, but, yeah. you know, he's just going to be outmatched. Yeah, I agree. And now moving back up to Class 3, or staying in Class 3 Division 2, rather, Van Vleck will be taking on the Rogers Eagles. This game will be played in Navasota. A Rogers team that's been kind of up and down, you know, not entirely consistent, but overall still a really good football team. I'll take the Eagles in this one. Yeah, I will too. And, man, I look, you know, like Curtis said, you know, Rodgers can make some noise. You know, they yeah. can, they can uh, you know, knock off Van Black and try to make a run. Uh, but I got Rodgers. And I agree as well. Now moving back down to Class 2A, a really fun district matchup. Probably one that's flying a little bit under the radar here. We got Bremont taking off Fall City. This game will be played in Giddings this week. A really exciting match here. Fall City, of course, the uh, reigning uh, 2A Division II runner-up in the state championship last year. Uh, lost uh, by 15 to uh, Stanford. And it was Stanford or Stratford? Uh-huh. I think it's Stanford. Um, in the state championship game last year. No, Stratford, because Stratford's the Elks. So that's who it was. And so, regardless, that's irrelevant. But Bremont and Fall City here playing in Giddings. Bremont, they're a good football team, but so is Fall City. Fall City is 6-4, and four, a little bit of drop-off from last year's state championship runner-up team, but they're still a good football team. 
This is a really fun matchup here, but I think I'll take Bremont on this one. Yeah, I don't think this is the Fall City team that you saw last year. And I, I like Bremont, and I like to see Bremont and Children a, a rematch in the regional finals. And that's – and we'll mention that as we go through the playoffs here. There's a lot of possibilities from that crazy – was it week eight or week nine that had all those crazy matchups? Mm-hmm. It was unbelievable where we saw – Several matchups that could be previews of, you know, region finals. It'll be really, really exciting to see. Uh, but before, if Bremont wants to be one included in that category, taking on Chilton in this regional final a few weeks down the road, they'll have to get by Fall City, the defending 2A Division II state championship runner-ups. But I think Bremont takes this one. Now, moving on back up to 3A. Division two, Riesel taking on Cayuga. This game will be played in Fairfield. Riesel got a big-time win. They scored 70 points last week against Bosqueville, I believe. A very high-octane offense. Inconsistent on the defensive side a little bit. Uh, Cayuga, I mean, they've been dominant from start to finish so far this season, especially throughout their district, undefeated district champions. I'll take Cayuga in this one. Well, you know, we know, we've talked about Cayuga. They beat a good Axel team. But, man, I like this Riesel team. No, you know, really like good. we've talked uh, with Curtis. They went three rounds, two or three rounds deep last year in mm-hmm. 3A Division Two. Now they've dropped down a level. Mm-hmm. They got a really good running back in Mason Heath. Yep. Uh, no relation. But uh, not that I know of. And uh, <laughs> I think it's going to be a great – I think it's going to be a better game than you would think a 1-4 seed would be. But I'm going to go with Cayuga. Yeah, I agree as well. And then now moving back up to 3A Division One, Kenny, this could this this game has a key argument for what could what could likely be the best by district matchup in the entire state of Texas at any level as Lorena at seven and three, the defending three A Division One state champions, taking on the nine and one Columbus Cardinals. This game will be played uh, Friday night at the field in Pflugerville. Great facility, by the way. It's going to be a really <laughs> fun matchup here, Kenny. Yeah, and, I mean, what more could you ask for? What what a heck of a matchup. And Lorena's a defending state champ. Uh, Columbus was the regional final, uh, semi, state semifinals last year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they stumbled in their district. They lost in that one game in district. And I think it was a points deal that got them knocked down to, to this uh, – no, they're, they're a second seed. Okay, so that makes sense. But I got Lorena. You do. I I'm do have Lorena. I'm going to take Columbus in this one. You know, um, that team is rolling right now. They're 9-1. A lot of people, they're in the top three in three division one, I believe, on every poll you can you can find on, you know, Texas high school football. They're mm-hmm. a really good football team. <sighs> this is hard because this is really a true pick mm-hmm. game, but – I think it'll be a one-score game regardless. This, this, I mean, it's like exactly Matt Stepp, when we had his question earlier, his answer was spot on. It's not very often you see two teams with state championship caliber talent and, you know, just just pedigree playing mm-hmm. in the very first round of the playoffs. It'll be very exciting. I'm going to take Columbus in this one, however. So now we will... Drop back down to Class 2A, Clarksville, taking on Wortham. This game will be played in Eustace this week. Now, Wortham, they uh number two seed out of this district. Their only loss was a, I believe it was like a 21-point loss to Mart, which was, they played Mart a lot, a lot closer than anyone else has this year, but that probably says more about Mart than anything else. 
Uh, they won in a shootout against Dawson last week, or it might have been the week before, to secure the. I think it was last week to secure mm-hmm. the number two seed. Um, I think Wortham rolls in this one. I do too, and I think uh, you're going to see a couple of rematches in this bracket, in my opinion, with Mark Wortham, Dawson, and Mark. But yeah, I think Wortham rolls. Yeah, I agree as well. And now our next game, uh, Wallace Brazos will be taking on Lexington. This game will also be played in Giddings. Not sure if this will be the Thursday or Friday game. But uh, b- before we dive a little bit deeper into this game, Kenny had a chance to sit down with the head coach of the Lexington Eagles, Kirk Mull. We'll have that for you right now. All right. I'm here with Coach Mull, the head coach, athletic director at Lexington High School. Coach, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? We're doing good, man. Hey, first of all, uh, we talked a little bit earlier. Congrats on your season. Uh, heck of a heck of a squad you got there. Like you said, you're kind of young. Uh, what was your expectations coming into this year? Well, we were expecting to be pretty good. Uh, we knew that if we could get you know some experience with our young kids, uh, that the talent was there. We just had to you know try to get them reined in and and get them focused on what we needed and. So, you know, all along we we thought we we had a chance to be pretty good, and you know they've kind of lived up to the bill so far. Well, coach, if, if you look at your offensive stats, you've got a freshman quarterback who's thrown for almost twenty five hundred yards. You've got a senior running back that's ran for a lot of yards. You got some young wide receivers and and some seniors mixed into the group. You got a great offense. You're scoring forty points a game, but man, your defense has really come on of late. Uh, I think they've given up twenty five points in district. Let's talk about your defense a little bit. Yeah, we've been real. Uh, we're really pleased with our defense. They they have uh, really just you know gelled together. Um, I think the biggest improvement that we've made is the defensive front. Um, we have uh, we have some good kids on our defensive line that have really set the tone for us. And um, and one of them, I have a freshman that starts on the defensive line also. So uh, that and you mix that in with um, a couple of uh, senior linebackers that you know kind of know how to run it and get people everywhere that they need to be. And, and you know, it's all kind of uh, you know, it's all just been put together that you know with a in a way that that's just made it successful. You know, I can't. You know, if you can play defense, you can win games, and there's no doubt about it. And these guys have really um, uh, worked well together, and they they uh, feed off of each other. So it's it's been a good year. So let's go back to offense and your freshman quarterback, Case Evans. Now, how long have you known this kid? Has he been there his whole life? Did you know that you had a kid that could possibly start as a freshman on offense when when you uh, saw him in middle school? Yeah, he's been playing. He, he's been here all his life. Uh, I have a son in that class also, so they've been going and playing. And um, you know, his dad is taking them to seven on seven all over, um, all over the country. And those kids have all played together. So we knew we, we had a really good group coming um, with our freshmen and our sophomores. And um, you know, matter, the thing was was just keeping them together. And they have a, um, you know. He, he's done really well with it, and, uh, you know, he's thrown a lot of balls, and, you know, we knew it in junior high that he could throw it and, and spin it pretty good. And, you know, it's really a best-case scenario for him because we didn't have an established quarterback. Uh, coming in, he, Him coming in as a freshman, we didn't have an established quarterback um, already. And so, you know, he's kind of reaping the benefits of being at the right place at the right time. Absolutely. And looking at your stats, you know, like you said, you are a young team, but you do have a few seniors in there 
that are they're putting up some stats and uh, it's kind of a cool blend the way you got these young guys and how are they are these seniors are they they pretty good leaders are they kind of bringing these guys along well, I think that's the biggest difference in our football team is the leadership that that uh, my eleven seniors have. They, they're they're great leaders. They've um, you know a lot of times you get seniors and you, if you're playing with a bunch of freshmen and sophomores, um, you, you're getting you know a lot of egos and things like that. But they've been great leaders. Uh, it's great team chemistry. There's not any you know arguing and fighting. It's just you know let's go win and let's see how we can do it together. And, I think it's been the greatest thing for the football season is the leadership that our seniors have showed. And, you know, there's there's some talent in that, in that senior class, and uh, they've done really well with it. And, they, you know, the biggest thing is they've capitalized on their leadership and getting the young ones to play with them. Okay, Coach, uh, this week you've got uh, Wallace Brazes. Tell us what you know about those guys. Well, they, you know, offensively uh, they're in the gun, but they, they – uh, they're they're more of a wing team mentality out of the gun. So uh, they go through their quarterback, and he's a really good athlete, especially when he gets in space. Uh, so we're going to have to make sure we, you know, try to contain him the best we can. Um, they are, um, you know, they have some athletes across the board, and they they do a really good job of, uh, of you know, basically trying to get your eyes uh, in the backfield and then doing some. Uh, you know, play action, RPO uh, uh, type stuff off of it. Uh, you also, have, you know, their defense. They have a have a you know, kind of a little stingy defense. They their front will get after you, and they got a really good linebacker that'll come downhill, and he's one of the better linebackers I've seen all year. So, you know, they got the talent there to uh, to be good, and and you know they're in the playoffs for a reason, and that district that they play in is. Is a tough district from you know you know top five six teams that thing or you know there's not a whole lot of difference in between them so you know we have our work cut out for us Friday. Hey coach, we appreciate you hopping on. Uh, good luck this week, and uh, hopefully everybody uh, comes out of that game healthy. And good luck going forward. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. You know, have a good evening. And that was Kenny's interview with the head coach of the Lexington Eagles, Coach Kirk Mole. Thanks again to Coach Mole for joining us on today's Bi-District Championship Edition of the Central Texas Football Podcast. Let's dive into this game a little bit, Kenny. Lexington, um, number nine team in uh, Class 3 Division Two to finish out the regular season. Brazos, they're a good football, football team as well. Started off the season 4-0, kind of fell off a little bit, went 3-3 three three district play to finish the Regular season overall at seven and three. Good football team still, however. But Lexington's just been a bust all. They have an amazing running attack. Man, they've kind of been under the radar. And you know, and they've just been chipping away. You know, their defense has played really well. They score a lot of points. You know, they've had a lot of injuries this year. They've got several out for the season. And it's kind of they got a young class, and uh, I know it's cliche, but Coach Moe's like next man up kind of attitude. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they'll roll. Yeah, I agree as well. So, Lexington. And this one, again, that game will be played in Giddings this week, but I will take Lexington. And uh, staying in Class 3 up to Division 1, Yoakum taking on Cameron Yo at Memorial Stadium in Bastrop. Who do you have in this one? I got Cameron Yo. I do as well. I think they crapped the bed against Franklin. Mm-hmm. I think they're angry, and I think they're going to show up and – 
they're going to get it done. Yeah, so Yoakum, Yoakum is usually a really, really good perennial playoff team. They're four and six this year, just squeak their way in. I think with you, I think Yo's going to be a little bit ticked off coming off that Franklin game, uh, have something to prove, have a little chip on their shoulder. I think Yo rolls in this one as well. And now the aforementioned Franklin Lions, they'll be taking on Hallettsville. This game will be played at another great stadium, Waller ISD Stadium, Waller down there. Uh, a little bit north of Houston, I th- is, that, is that right? North of Houston? Yeah, I think so, in the greater Houston area. Yeah, greater Houston area. Great. I've driven by their stadium a couple times. Really, really nice stadium. But this would be uh, – you, if you're looking at names here, a really interesting matchup. I'm surprised that Hallettsville – they they're in the state championship game a few years back. Falling off a little bit, but they had like that all-world running back, Jonathan Brooks. He's playing at Texas now, by the way. So he was really, really good at Houtsville a few years back. Houtsville still a really good football team, uh, but this year just squeaked their way in the playoffs to that number four seed. And Franklin, they're just a machine. They're a whole convoy of machines. That that old-school running offense that they run under uh, Coach Fannin over there, they're, they've been killing it all year long, and they're – they're just a freaking machine right now. I think Franklin rolls in this one. Yep, absolutely. Then another game right here. Not much to talk about here. The Madison squeaking their way in the playoffs after that crazy, crazy shootout against Maypearl for the number four playoff seed. But they played that game just to run into Malakoff in the first round. This game will be played in Corsicana, a really nice stadium there as well. Malakoff names their score on this one. Yep. And then another one that's <laughs> – I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. Before we've mentioned this before with Mart, Mart's probably not going to get challenged until at least the fourth or fifth round of playoffs, which is just unbelievable. Dave Campbell's has Mart. Okay, so Mart's playing Lyndon Kildare in the first round. Lyndon Kildare is a team out in East Texas. This game will be played in Brownsboro on Friday night at seven thirty. According to Dave Campbell's, Mart is a 71-point favorite in this game. <laughs> so I, and that just might be the case until they make it to at least the third or fourth round of the playoffs. But, I mean, there's not much to say here. Mart's going to roll. I mean, I don't think they're going to be challenged until the regional finals, and they're probably going to play one of their district mates in Wortham and Dawson. So, yeah. Yeah, Mart. And they'll be favored in that game as well. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, Mart big over Linden Kildare. Another interesting matchup here, Little River Academy, a surprising number four seed. Uh, team that we probably had – Number two or three seed out of this district, and maybe even for a chance of the. I have number two. I have yeah. been better than Lorena this year, and mm. that's why I don't get paid to pick, make predictions. But, <laughs> but they're still a good football but the team. Deal, yeah, the deal is Hitchcock's a really good football team. Oh my gosh! And LRA, they've got the firepower to hang with them. I mean, can they put it all together? Can they buckle down and do it? I don't know. I don't think it. I don't think they can. I'm gonna go with Hitchcock. Yeah, this game, this is this game will also be played in Waller again. Not sure if this will be uh, the Thursday or Friday game. We'll have to, this is, this will be the Friday game at Hitchcock. This will be played at seven thirty on the eleventh. Hitchcock does they're they're nine and one. They have a signature win on the year. They defeated Columbus. Their Columbus's lone loss mm-hmm. on the year. So. Really solid really schools coming out of that district. Yeah, absolutely. Just an unbelievably talented football team. But their loss last week, as the team we mentioned before, Howitzville, is their only loss on the year. And that was uh, – they took the week they took the week 11 by. So their last game was two weeks ago back in week 10. And that was their only loss of the year by 21 against Howitzville. A little surprise there. 
But still a really, really good football team. They've been one of the surprises of the year in Class 3A. Um, but, yeah, I this is actually low-key under the radar. It might be one of the more evenly matched, you know, despite the record difference. I think these teams match up really, really well. But I'm, I'm going to take Hitchcock on this one. What about you? Yeah, I got Hitchcock. Hitchcock. And then Dawson at Mod. This game will be played Friday night at Tiger Stadium in ARP. Never been out to ARP before. Uh, but I think Dawson rolls on this one. You remember, were you too young to remember like the Mod 4 or the Mod 3? Like yeah, I've never Three or four that. kids from that little bitty school all got uh, scholarships to TCU. Really? In all, the same class? Yeah, they all went to TCU. But even though they had kids go to TCU, I got Dawson on this one. Yeah, I agree as well. And then the number four seed out of that uh, Mark Dawson Wortham District, Heiko. Like I, someone had to take the four spot there, <laughs> but they'll take they'll be, they'll be taking on Sims Bowie in the by district round this week. Uh, this game will be played in Kemp. You know, Sims Bowie. I don't really know much about this Bowie team. I don't they're, they're usually the, they're usually the team that ends up with Martin in the first round, but they they actually ended up winning their district this year, which was really really crazy to see. Um, you know, I mean, Heiko probably a little bit more battle tested just because of the sheer strength of their district competition alone. Uh, one seed versus four seed here. I mean, I, I'm inclined to choose Bowie because they're the number one seed, but, you know, with Heiko, their strength of schedule, I'm actually going to take the the Tigers in a close one here. Well, I'll let you have the Tigers, and I'll take the, <laughs> the Sims Bowie Pirates. Pirates. The Bowie Pirates. The, buck, the Bucks. Blooming Grove will be taking on Bells this week. This game will be played at Memorial Stadium in Mesquite, another great facility over there. Uh, Bell's really, really good football team. This is uh, Class 2A Division 2. Um, this Bell's team, they have – they played a really tough schedule here. They got a signature win, 21-point win over Monster – Monster – Munster. And they played – they played Gunner, the number one team in 3A Division 2 close. Played them well, man. Played they, them well. 24-14 they lost that game. And I'm inclined to believe on the top of my head that's probably Gunner's closest game of the year. And Blooming Grove, I mean, they're a seven-win team. They're really good as well. But I think just based on the strength of schedule here, I'll take Bells in this one. Yeah, and we like Coach Gann over there at Blooming Grove. Absolutely. I think they're just kind of running into a buzzsaw on Bells. And mm -hmm. if you look at that second-round matchup with Comanche, that's going to be a good one with Bells and Comanche. Now the number eight, the number eight uh, ranked team in Class Three Division Two, Palmer will be taking on Howe in Week One. This game will be played in Lone Oak. I think Palmer rolls here. Yeah, Palmer rolls. And then another interesting matchup. This can be played up in the Metroplex at Plano. Uh, Scurry Rosser will be taking on Blue Ridge. Scurry Rosser rolls here. Yeah, I like Scurry. Then Alvord, or is it Alvord? Well, you know what? I'm uh, I lived in Wise County as a kid, mm -hmm. and we played them in baseball. I was in a little town called Newark, and mm -hmm. if anybody listening knows where Newark's at, <laughs> don't laugh. Um, <laughs> but we were really good in baseball. I went to state a couple of years. Uh, they called it Al Void, like that. Really? The R is a Y. I don't know if that's just mm -hmm. the way the dumb hit kids that we were in, in Newark called them. But we call them Alvord, so I don't know if it's Alvord. I think it's Alvord. Yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. But regardless, they're taking on Coleman, the Blue Cats. This game will be played in River Oaks at Castleberry Stadium, or Castleberry, the Lions Field over there. 
I'll take Coleman in this one. Yeah, sorry, Alvoy, but you're just not that guy. You're not, the, you're not that guy, pal. Coleman's got it. Then, yeah, these last two matches will be about the same. White Ride at Toller. This is going to be put, played at uh, Porcupine Stadium in Springtown. Toller rolls here. And then our final game of our, what, 40, 42 games we're covering this week. Chilton versus Yorktown. It's going to be played in LaGrange on Friday night. I'll take Chilton on this one. Yeah, I got Chilton. They're going to roll, and again, I'm ready for some of them rematches. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of great games in the class. Uh the class, the by district championship round of the playoffs in the 2022 Texas high school football season. That's all the games that covering from all the districts we've covered throughout the year. These are all the playoff teams. A lot of great games across the slate. A lot of, as expected in the first round, there's a lot of games that are probably going to be blowouts. You know, a lot of thinning of the herd, as you know, we like to say. But a lot of intriguing matchups in Central Texas here. We covered a bunch of them. Lorena Columbus. Um, Academy, Hitchcock, Hallettsville, Franklin. A lot of great games here. It'll be really, really fun to see how some of these pan up. And, you know, there could be always the chance for potential upsets here. You just – you never really know with the Texas high school football playoffs, and that just makes it really, really fun. It's just the best state to cover high school football, no question. Yeah, and then next week it just gets better. The mm-hmm. games get better, and they get better, and they get better. Mm-hmm. And like you said, there's – Several games sprinkled through here that, yeah, I'll just I'll pay money to go watch whichever one. I'll, I'll be in uh, – I don't know. I might go somewhere Friday. I don't know yeah, where we're going Friday. Let's tell them. Where are we going to be this week? I'm going to be in Whitney or in Midway mm-hmm. Thursday night. And I don't know if I want to go see Grandview play. I don't think it's going to be much of a game. Uh, I thought about going to watch La Vega. Is La Vega and Kendall's and Joshua or Burleson? One Joshua. Of Joshua. So, I don't know. Uh, I got a kitchen pass because there's going to be a – a volleyball pizza party here about seven o'clock Friday night, and I don't think I'm invited. <laughs> so I think I'm gonna have a pass to go somewhere, but I don't know yet, man. Yeah, and I'm on double duty this week. I'll be broadcasting two games. I'll be doing play-by-play for University, like I've been doing all season. That game will be uh, a Friday night at House Park, the oldest stadium in the Austin Independent School District, just outside of downtown. For University and Austin McCallum, uh, that'll be Friday night, 7.30. If you want to listen to that game, just tune in. Listen to me do some play-by-play. It's my first year doing it, so any feedback's good feedback. Um, that game will be, uh, again, 7.30 kickoff, so it'll be a 7 o'clock pregame on Cool 101.3 FM in Waco for the Trojans and the McCallum Knights. Uh, that'll be, again, Friday night at House Park in Austin. And then Thursday night, I'll be working some color commentary with the great Lark Smith for West Trojan football Thursday night at Waco ISD Stadium as the Trojan the Trojans take on Mejia. So I'll be broadcasting for two different Trojan teams there this week. So. I'll tell you where I would go Friday night is Blum Aquila. Yeah, yeah, how about that? Neighbors I mean, I play each other. That's the first got a, round. That rivalry's got a name. I don't know if it's the Battle of Brookshire's and Whitney. I don't know what you call it. Battle of Brookshire's. But, uh, yeah. I mean, what happens when Aquila dude sees a blonde dude in Brookshire's on the produce aisle? They bow up. I don't know, but that, I'd like to see that game. Yeah. Uh, and I really want to go see Abbott play if we're talking six man because I think they're going to be 
pretty pretty good chance we'll be playing in the AT&T Stadium. Yeah, I think the easy choice here for like the question, oh, if you're going to pick one game, where would you go? I think the easy choice is obviously Lorena and Columbus. But take that out of the equation. I'd like to see that Lake Belton Burleson Centennial game, man. That'll be a really really fun yes, matchup. Sir. Well, where's the where is the uh, Lorena game? That's down south. Uh, that's in Pflugerville. Yeah, I was, I was trying to keep it like a 50 mile radius from the house, but mm. I would love to go see it. But no, yeah. Yeah, it'll be – God, there's just so many good games this week, you know. Not every game will be entirely competitive, but the, the few ones that are competitive are very, very competitive. So, it'll be a really, really fun time. It's the best time of the year. The Texas high school football playoffs are finally under off. They'll start this Thursday night with a great slate of games. It's going to be really, really fun to keep up with and cover throughout the playoffs. So, that'll do it for us for the – uh, week or the episode 13, the by district uh, championship round of the Central Texas football podcast. Uh, thanks again to our guests on today's show Bryce Cherry of the Waco Trib, Curtis Quillen, the sports director of KCEN Channel 6 up in Temple, Coach Craig Horn of the Axel Longhorns, and Coach Kirk Mull, the Lexington Eagles, and of course, thanks again, as always, to Matt Stepp for answering his question of the week. Again, that'll do it for us. For Kenny Heath, I'm Ryan Fox. Enjoy the bi-district round of the Texas high school football season.